It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios just outside city limits here in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, January 31st, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. And coming up on tonight's show, we will be joined by Rudyard Bulldogs senior guard EJ Suggett as the Bulldogs basketball team undefeated on the season after beating Sioux High on Friday night. We will play an interview that myself and Matt Johnson, co-host of Full Court Press, recorded over the weekend. We will also be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, as we will discuss the Sioux Greyhounds, the NOJHL, and all the goings-on in the North. Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, will also join us on the broadcast to talk about what is going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and around the area, along with our sports roundtable in the second half of the show. But as always, we start off with local sports, and we will start tonight with girls high school basketball from this past week. Last Monday, Rudyard, they won at Cedarville Detour and EUP Conference Play 60-47. to on Tuesday night, the Suhai Blue Devils won their fifth straight game as they knocked off Traverse City West on the road 52 to 34, while St. Ignace they won at their sixth game of the row in a row rather on Tuesday as they won at home against Gaylord 49 to 41. One other game on Tuesday night in girls basketball, Ingadine, they fall at Munising 61-54. On Thursday night, a game you heard on 1230 WSO with myself and Ray Bell, the Suhai Blue Devils knocked off the Rudyard Bulldogs for the first time this season and in convincing fashion as the Blue Devils lead wire-to-wire, topping the Bulldogs by the score of 58-32. Claire Erickson scored 19 points to lead the Blue Devils. Brooklyn Bestman had 11 points for Rudyard. Suhai now 10-3 on the season, 3-1 in Straits Area Conference play. They are currently tied atop the Straits with St. Ignace, and they are in Newberry tonight and will be at St. Ignace on Friday night as part of a Blue Devil doubleheader over on 1230 WSO with Ray Bell and Dave Watson. They will have the call of both games, starting with the tip-off show around 5.15 a Friday night. Rudyard girls now 4-4 four and four on the season, 2-2 two and two in Straits Area Conference play. They are at Oscoda tonight. Other girls basketball games on Thursday, Sheboygan, they keep Newberry winless as they top the Indians 58-33. Newberry now 0-7 on the year, and they are at home to Sioux High tonight. Pickford, they stay unbeaten in EUP conference play in girls basketball as they run past Brimley on the road. 
by the score of 61 to 30 on Thursday night. Pickford now 7 and 1 on the year, 5 and 0 on the EUP conference. They're at St. Ignace on Tuesday while the Saints win again on Thursday as they knock off Cedarville Detour and the Saints also were in action on Saturday as the Saints won their 7th game in a row and gave Mackinac City their first loss of the year as the Saints topped the Comets by the score of 65-44. to The Saints now 11-2 and on the season. They will be home to Pickford on Tuesday. And one other game in girls basketball from Friday night, Ingedine 8-4 on the year as they knock off Brimley 59-50. to Ingedine is at Mid-Peninsula tonight, while Brimley now 4-7. and They will be home to Munising on Tuesday. Boys high school basketball from this past week on Monday night. Suhai knocks off Pickford by the score of 73-34, while Ingedine falls at Munising 67-38. Boys basketball from Tuesday night. Rudyard Oliver Brimley 94-47 while Gaylord, they edged past St. Ignace 51-49. Wednesday night, the Sioux High Blue Devils won their second game of the week in boys basketball as they made their first trip to Detour in quite some time, and they knocked off the Cedarville Detour Islanders by a 51-37 count. Newberry on Wednesday in boys basketball, they drop a 62-36 decision at home to one-loss Munising, while Pickford remains winless on the season as they fell at Ellsworth on a Wednesday night, 94-55. One game on Thursday in boys basketball, Ingenine 0-8 on the year. They fall to Stevenson, 63-26. And Ingenine is also at Mid-Peninsula tonight to join the girls. Friday night, a game you heard on 1230 WSOL with myself and Ray Bell. The Rudyard Bulldogs improve to 10-0 on the season as they top the Suhai Blue Devils for the second time this year, 56-42. EJ Suggett had 17 points to lead the Bulldogs, who lead the Straits Area Conference now by two games with just four to play. Suhai, they fall to 5-6 and six on the year. Rudyard is at Newberry on Friday, while the Blue Devils are at home tonight to Newberry. You can hear that game over on Radio Sioux with Dave Watson and Ray Bell starting with the tip-off show around 7 p.m. tonight. St. Ignace, they top Cedarville Detour at home 63-46, to and congratulations to Saints head coach Doug Ingles, who won his 800th game as head coach of both the boys' and girls' varsity team. The Saints now 6-4 and on the season. They will be at East Jordan on Tuesday, while Cedarville Detour now 4-5 and on the year. They will be at Newberry on Wednesday. Other boys basketball games on Friday. Newberry, they drop a 62-49 to decision at Sheboygan. Indians now 3-6 and six on the season at Sioux High tonight. And one other game, Pickford. They top, rather, Brimley tops Pickford at the Purple Palace by a high-scoring count, 96-82. to Brimley now 5-5 five and five on the year. They will be at Cedarville Detour on Thursday. That game played in Detour. Pickford, 0-8 on the year. They will be at Harbor Springs on Tuesday. For more on EUP High School Boys Basketball, I invite you to our newest show on the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media Platform. Show's called Full Court Press. I'm one of the hosts, along with Matt Johnson, former Pickford Boys head basketball coach, who is very happy today, a long-suffering and longtime Bengals fan. We'll certainly talk more about the Bengals 
in hour two. Matt's very happy tonight, I'm sure. We record Full Court Press every weekend. A brand new edition from this past Saturday will include the interview view we will play after the break from EJ Suggett. We also cover the weekend boys basketball in the area, and Matt offers his experience and opinion, and he has lots of them. Let me tell you, when I was down in Rudyard Friday night, I heard some people talk about those opinions. It's a fun show getting a lot of uh, listeners online and so you can find full court press on our podcast page thegamesportshow.podbean.com thegamesportshow.com or just type in the game sports show to your favorite podcast platform and you will find it right there high school hockey from this past weekend a very successful weekend for the Sioux High Blue Devil hockey team as they traveled to Chelsea Michigan for the Michigan Public High School Showcase the Blue Devils topped Jenison on Friday by a 5-4 score and then skated past Novi on Saturday 5-2. The Blue Devils now back above 500 on the season 9-8-2. They will be on the road once again this weekend as they travel to Battle Creek. The Blue Devils will face Battle Creek United on Friday at 6 p.m. and Kalamazoo Loy Norix on Saturday at 11 a.m. We'll talk more about the Sioux Greyhounds and the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League coming up at the bottom of the hour with co-host David McKegg Jr. The NLJHL will resume this week. Games will start on Thursday. The Sioux Eagles in action Friday night at Puller Stadium as they will take on the Powassan Voodoos. We'll have the call of that game right here on News Talk 1400 with myself and Rob Horn. Well, the pregame show Friday night around 7.15. Eagles will also be at Blind River on Saturday. Sioux Thunderbirds will be at home Friday and Saturday, taking on Greater Sudbury on Friday night and Poisson on Saturday night. And the NOJHL has revamped and updated the schedule for the remainder of the season. They will play a 48-game regular season. And right now, the Sioux Eagles, they have 24 games left to play in an eight-week span. And over the weekend, we talked to their head coach, Doug LaPrade, over on Coach's Corner, 1230 WSOO, every Saturday morning, live from Applebee's on the I-75 Business Spur. If you want to hear that interview, you can go to the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. The Eagles will definitely have a lot of home games over the next couple months. They'll have five games at home in February, and then nine home games in, in March, Again, the regular season extended to March 28th and then the playoffs. And so the NLJHL back in action this weekend. Certainly looking forward to that. What a weekend it was for the Sioux Indians in Columbus, Ohio, who were taking part in a showcase tournament. The Indians go 4-0 on the weekend. They knocked off the Pittsburgh Vengeance 3-0 on Friday night, then winning two games on Saturday, topping the Oakland Junior Grizzlies in the morning by a 3-2 score, and then shutting out the Pittsburgh Icemen Saturday night, 7-0. And on Sunday, the Indians completed the weekend sweep, winning 4-2 over the Pittsburgh Predators. Goaltending solid all weekend long between Taylor White and Cam Labadee. The Sioux Indians have this weekend off and will travel to Detroit the following weekend to take on Little Caesars in a Maha League action. And next week, we're planning on getting uh, some members of the Sioux Indians coaching staff or the organization to talk about their season. Watch out for the Indians. They have been playing very good hockey this month, and they are certainly a team to watch. 
Laker hockey over the weekend. Uh, they win on a Friday night over Northern Michigan by a 6-1 to count. And with that win, securing the Father Capo Cup once again this season. Lake State would fall to Northern Michigan in overtime on Saturday by a 2-1 to score. So the Lakers currently 12-5 and 12-15-1 on the season overall. 8-12 in conference play. And right now, the Lakers are tied with Ferris State for sixth place in the CCHA, one point behind Northern Michigan. The Wildcats do have two games in hand on both Ferris State and Lake State. And the Lakers right now seven points behind fourth place Bowling Green, who also have two games in hand. The Lakers will have nearly two weeks off before their next game as the team has a bye week this weekend. And they will return to CCHA action on Friday, February 11th and Saturday, February 12th at the Taffy Able Arena, where they will take on the Ferris State Bulldogs. You can hear both those games over on Yes FM with the voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford and John Forrest. And don't forget on this radio station, News Talk 1400, tomorrow at noon, we'll have the Laker Hockey Show with the voice of the Lakers, Bill Crawford, head coach Damon Witten, and a cast of thousands. I'll have much more to say about the weekend and the rest of the regular season. Hard to believe only six games remain in the regular season for Lake State. That is uh, time is flying. Tomorrow is February. And so the season f- flying by one other hockey. note: want to give a big congratulations out to the Sioux Darling Concrete hockey team who won the Maha District 7U10UB District Championship this past weekend defeating Cadillac, Sheboygan, Alpena, Traverse City and Gaylord en route to the title as the Sioux Darling Concrete will now move on to states being played this year at the Kensington Valley Ice House in Brighton, Michigan, March 4th through the 6th. So congratulations to those boys and girls and our loyal listener Chloe Supa on that team. Congratulations, guys. A big result over the weekend, and we're pulling for you in March in the States. Laker men's basketball, three games over this past week. Laker men would lose on Thursday at Wayne State, 68-60. to They would also fall to Saginaw Valley State on Saturday, 79-67. to And this afternoon, a makeup game against Davenport. Big win for the Laker men. They win 74-67. With the win, Lake State now 11-7 overall in men's basketball, 6-6 in GLIAC play, currently in sixth place. Leek Adams and Kimon Bassett had 16 points each in the victory this afternoon. Lake State will be at home this Thursday and Saturday. They'll take on Grand Valley on Thursday at 7.30, Davenport Saturday at 3, both those games at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium, and you can hear... Those games right here on News Talk 1400 with David John. Laker women go 0-3 on the weekend. They fall on Thursday at Wayne State, 75-50. They would fall also on Saturday to Saginaw Valley State, 73-43. In a close game earlier today, Laker women fall to Davenport, 64-62. Laker women now 2-13 on the season, 1-8 in GLIAC play. Madison Raymond had 19 points to lead Lake State as they will be home this week to take on Grand Valley on Thursday at 5.30, Davenport at 1. And again, you can hear both those games right here on News Talk 1400. And the 53rd running of the I-500 snowmobile race in Sault Ste. Marie will be this Saturday, February 5th. 
The week-long series of events is starting tonight, runs through the week. You can get a full list of scheduled events on the website, i500.com. You can also hear an interview I did with Chairman Rick Federo from Coach's Corner on Saturday, along with a special week-long series co-host David McKegg Jr. is doing on the i500, all on the website, thegamesportshow.com or thegamesportshow.podbean.com. And we'll have flag-to-flag coverage over on our sister station, 1230 WSO on Saturday, starting around 9 a.m. with the Moose, Mark Angelo, and a cast of thousands. We're going to take a break here on the game, but when we come back, we will be replaying an interview we did on Full Court Press over the weekend from Rudyard Senior Guard E.J. Suggett. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Our guest on Full Court Press, E.J. Suggett, senior basketball player for the Rudyard Bulldogs varsity basketball team. E.J., appreciate you taking time out out of your busy schedule for joining us on Full Court Press. How are you doing on this Saturday, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on, E.J., and uh, my first question is, let's talk about the, that game last night at the Harris Call Gymnasium as you and your team improved to 10-0 on the season as you knocked off the Suhai Blue Devils for the second time this year by the score of 56-42. to 42. And, E.J., uh, that game uh, was very interesting because your big man, Tate Bestman, gets in early foul trouble, and Suhai started to make a push, but you really – at the end of that second quarter, uh, got things going. I wouldn't say you cruised to the victory, but you certainly had a nice win. Just your thoughts on the, that game last night. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different game without Tate in there. Uh, big post presence with him. <clears throat> but uh, I think everybody else stepped up when we needed to. Uh, Bickle had a couple really big shots there at the end of the quarter when they put in, uh, started doing their 1-3-1 press. Brett made some good passes. Cam drove to the hole. And I think we just played really good defense, which always helps. All right. Well, yes, congratulations on the win, EJ. Um, I'm going to have a lot more to say about this game <laughs> after the interview, obviously. Um, I couldn't have been more incorrect <laughs> in the outcome because you not only won, but you won decisively. Um, my question for you You've been a four-year varsity player, and, you know, I was coaching against you in those in those first couple of years, and right. you've seen quite a bit of change on your team, who your teammates are. Can you just talk about the journey on, like, the from the time you were a freshman to now? How has your team changed, and how has the basketball program changed? Um, I think the style of play has changed a lot um, my freshman year. We were scoring. It was a it was a very fast paced scoring game. There wasn't a ton of defense. There's a lot of seventy point plus games for both teams. And as our personnel changed and our style changed, we've become more defense dependent. We hold we want to hold guys under forty points or under thirty points if we can. So that really changes the outcome and style of the game when you play a lot. It's not slower pace, but a different style. Uh, I, I want to wanna just some, for the rest of the Eastern Upper Peninsula. I just would like to point something out. You'll notice that Rudyard's winning all these games. What was the emphasis on defense? That's going to be a theme later on in the show. Some of the horrible, horrible defense that I've seen played <laughs> around the Eastern UP. Rudyard being the exception, you guys have been 
um, top notch at it, and defense does indeed win. And you guys showed it again last night. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I was going to ask EJ, you know, at the midway point of the season, you're undefeated and you and your teammates have high expectations this season. Obviously, with the talent on your team, uh, reaching uh, the first state semifinal for the school in boys basketball since 1963. At the midway point of the season, EJ, are you meeting those personal goals yourself and for your team? And what's ahead for the second half of the season that you might want to shore up as far as things you need to improve on? Um, I would say that we're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. There's some things I think turnovers are a big deal. We haven't had a ton of bad games as far as turnovers until the Sioux this last game. So when you start playing some tougher teams defensively, you make silly mistakes. I got picked a few times last night and I definitely shouldn't have, which I think those, if you want to go make a deep playoff run, you have to control what you can control. Play hard defense. Don't give the don't give the other team extra possessions and give them the ball, stuff like that. You know, one of the things that uh, impresses me from this conversation um, is really your maturity as a player because, you know, you were able to score from the get-go when you were a player, but hearing you in this interview talking about um, defense, talking about avoiding turnovers, those negative plays, I mean, that's that's – what coaches, at least winning coaches, focus on, not just who scores. So my question would be, how did that, how did your mentality, I don't want to say evolve, but like how did you learn to prioritize and value things like avoid the turnover, uh, improve shot selection, focus on defense, as opposed to just scoring a lot of points? Um, I think the statistics, we're big into stats. We have a Mark Spriggs, our stat guy. I think when you look at the statistics and see – Man, we're giving up 30 turnovers. That's 30 extra possessions that the other team is getting that we're giving to them for free. And you realize when you play better teams, you can't do that. You make it a lot tougher on yourself. And as far as scoring earlier on in my career, I I was trying to take it to the rim or take shots that I probably shouldn't have, whereas now I feel like I'm letting the game come to me a little bit more. EJ Suggett joining us on full court press and ej you have played it for your dad as far as him being your coach for a long time not just on the rudyard boys varsity basketball team but just throughout your playing career uh, how is it playing for your father as head coach i mean he's been instrumental along with your mom heather as far as your development not just on the court but of course uh, being parents how's it been for you uh playing for your dad jim suggett um, it's a special bond for sure. There are some long car ride, car rides home, but now there's, sometimes there's, you have to separate the, the dad and the coach part. But I, I, I enjoy it. It's definitely different than just having a normal coach, but I think it's beneficial. EJ, as you look ahead, um, to the rest of the season, uh, you know, a lot of these teams you've played already and, and sort of won decisively. Uh, one of the challenges I had with, with my kids two years ago when we had a real solid team is getting the team kind of up for games that, you know, there wasn't a lot of doubt as what the outcome was going to be. Um, how much of a challenge is that for your team uh, moving forward? Um, 
So I'd say sometimes it's a challenge, but I think we do a good job. We make goals for ourselves within the game, um, not giving up a certain amount of offensive rebounds, not turning the ball over as much, keeping them underneath a certain amount of points. So it's kind of a game within the game that keeps us into the games that may not be as close. Okay. EJ, you're a three-sport athlete, obviously a uh, success in all three sports, uh, quarterback on the varsity football team. You guys made a deep playoff run and currently on the boys' basketball team coming up in the spring. You'll be on the baseball team, and you decided that your college career athletically will be with baseball as you've currently, or I should say recently, committed to Spring Arbor. Uh, what was your decision or what went into the decision uh, to play baseball and go to Spring Arbor? Um, I think I kind of got onto the recruiting process a little bit late. So baseball last season, it's the time you have the most time to get recruited for. Also, I love all the sports, all three sports that I play pretty much equally. And I've played the most baseball throughout my career with travel baseball and all that type of stuff. So I figured to go with that one. And uh, EJ, one more for me. Last year you had, your team had had quite a nice uh, tournament run. What did you learn from that experience and that, you know, that you can take into this postseason? Um, I would say how important every possession is. Uh, really kind of hit me when we got, not the Carney Nadu game, but when we played Tri-Unity, we got down by a couple scores right away, and they had a really good point guard who's back again this year. And he was able to just run out the clock, and we had no one to guard him. So I, I would say to start out the game strong, every minute matters because if you get behind, once you play a good team, you can't you can't catch back up. EJ, my final question for you is again: at ten regular season games left, and then you have districts and hopefully regionals and beyond. Uh, I know you're focused probably just on the next practice and the next game, but my final question is: how far can this team go? High expectations, you set the bar very high last season, making it to the state semifinals as a junior, and you are a senior now. How far can this Red Yard Bulldogs team go, in your opinion? I think it's all the way if if everybody stays healthy, if we play like we should all the time. If we don't put four quarters together, it's going to be tough to beat some of these teams. I, our district's not a walkthrough, and neither is our regional. So you have to play every minute. But I think we could go all the way right back to where we were last year. I think you can indeed. Matt, do you have any final uh, thoughts for EJ before we let him go? Well, just congratulations. I, I mean, I couldn't be, I, I couldn't be um, happier for you as far as, you know, your development there. And, and I will say this as a former Redyard AD, you guys get in that tournament run, I, am, I might dust off uh, – one of those old Redyard sweatshirts that I have. <laughs> and I'll be pulling for you guys. Thank you. And, yeah. and Matt, I can say the same thing uh, exactly. And, of course, uh, much like EJ's mother, Heather, who works in the Sioux, from the Sioux, I'm from the Sioux, but I always have a soft spot for the folks in Rudyard. They've always been good to me. And certainly, EJ, it's been a lot of fun watching your career progress. Uh, you've been one of the best athletes to come out of Rudyard ever. And best of luck this season. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again maybe one more time before or during your tournament run. And thanks for joining us on Full Court Press. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on the court very soon, sir. All righty. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, buddy.
And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up next, we'll be talking to co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will get us up to date on everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports region. Joining us now and each and every week, co-host of the game here on News Talk 1400 and host and president of the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media, David McKegg Jr. Joining us from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Dave, pretty nice weather day today, a little milder. How you doing on this Monday night, sir? I am doing great, Scotty. You know, it is Monday. I could not be, you know, any more busier for Monday today in my full-time place of employment. But the day goes by faster in that instance. And then nothing better than to finish the quote-unquote work day, if you will, uh, talking to you and to our viewers and listeners on the News Talk 1400 in the Game Sports Show, Game Entertainment Media. There's so many titles. I am doing great overall, though, Scotty. Weekends are too fast, so may I add, how are you? I'm doing great, Dave. It's hard to believe that tomorrow is already going to be February. So we're really starting getting we're starting rather to get into the crux of the junior hockey schedule. Let's start with the Ontario Hockey League and the Sioux Greyhounds uh, on the ice. Hounds with with a good week. They win on Wednesday over Saginaw by the score of five to one. They did lose the lead late on Friday, falling to Flint in overtime by the score of five to four. And Saturday was a good news, bad news situation for the Sioux Greyhounds. The good news: they win the game in overtime over the Barry Colts by the score of four to three. But the bad news, Dave, is that they lose one of their best players, Tanner Dickinson, who sustained a very serious injury. Midway through the third period, Dickinson left the ice on a stretcher after looking uh, like it's going to be potentially a season-ending injury. The Sioux Greyhounds website did uh, have information out today that he did break his fibula, and anytime you have that sort of situation, that is a very bad injury. So the Hounds, 23-12, 2-3 on the season, first place in the West Division, four points ahead of second place Flint and six points ahead of Windsor. The Hounds will be on the road this week, Dave, Thursday and Friday night at North Bay and Sunday afternoon at Sudbury. You can all hear all Greyhound games on Rock 101. So, you know, really that news on Tanner Dickinson, you know, an NHL fourth-round draft pick, one of their best players, kind of uh, puts a damper on what was otherwise a pretty good weekend. You know, obviously it's that's an extreme serious injury, right? I, You never, as a player, want – any kind of injury to happen to you, but when it comes to the type of injury that Dickinson has occurred, that is very hard to come back from as well, and I'm confident that the doctors in place will take good care of him, and also a team that drafted him in the National Hockey League will certainly be involved in his rehabilitation process, but you know, you have the hounds that I feel are a team on the other side of things, are, are deep enough uh, to, you know, not, I don't want to say rebound from this, but I want to say build off this. The reason I want to say build is because when you have a specific injury to your team and it's a teammate that is at the level of Dickinson is, and it could even be the level of somebody who may not get in the lineup all the time, but when you have an injury that is serious to your team, it really tests your depth as an organization. As I said, it doesn't matter if it's a top six forward, bottom nine forward, or sorry, bottom six forward or top nine forward. Uh, nonetheless, you have a team that is very deep are the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. So I am confident that due to them being a deep team, a very tenacious, pesky type team, uh, very good defensively, uh, they've proven it this year that they can 
play well together, I think that they're going to be just that. I think they're going to be able to flourish together and overcome uh, an injury that it's just such a, a tragedy to a young very good hockey player with such a promising future and I hope the Hounds can take that energy of playing just for not just for Dickinson but the energy of the Sault Ste. Marie community to bounce back and continue this impressive season that they are having uh it's not fun to have injuries at all as I mentioned but they they're a team that could overcome it is what I mean and despite what happened this weekend there was uh, some success on the weekend that you alluded to and they have to keep moving forward they got to find a way to win and good teams, Scott, always find ways to win. And a great example is last season, and yes, it's the National Hockey League in comparison to the Ontario Hockey League. If we look at John Tavares suffering the, the, the injury that he did against Corey Perry, uh, or not, oh, not against Corey Perry, but due to Corey Perry and right. against the Montreal Canadiens, uh, there, there was Toronto that did overcome it for the first three games after that game one loss, but then they just were, went back to their typical Toronto ways and blew a series. But, they weren't able to overcome that, uh, and there was that leadership question. There was the uh, the tenacious question, the peskiness, the, all those big words. But that's what the Hounds possess as a team. They ha- they are a different cookie, this Hound team, and I feel like they will overcome it. But there's teams that can't overcome some injuries, like Toronto showed last year, and there's teams that can overcome injuries. And there has been teams in playoff runs who have had success. I can name a bunch uh, just due to injury. And you just not only play for the injured teammate, but for the city, the community of Sault Ste. Marie, but also your other teammates that hopefully can step up in his absence. Dave, the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League will be resuming their season this week. Uh, The 11 Ontario member clubs uh, started practices back up today, and the regular season will begin February 3rd. Uh, The NHL, NLJHL rather, has announced that the 12 member clubs are slotted to compete in a 48 game slate, so they had to to cut a few of the games off the schedule, and they've extended the regular season schedule up until March 28th. For the Sioux Eagles, they will resume their season this Friday night at home against the Powassan Voodoos. You can hear that game right here on News Talk 1400 with myself and Rob Horn. A Friday night started with the pregame show at 7.15. The Sioux Thunderbirds will take on Greater Sudbury on Friday at the John Rhodes Community Center. That one also a 7.30 start. And with the schedule, Dave, uh, the Sioux Eagles, they have 24 games left to play in an eight-week span. The Eagles will be at Mm. home five times in February and nine times in March, including their final six games. The playoffs will start after March 28th. Now, while not official, sources close to the game state that the format will remain the same the four-versus-five matchup in both the East and West divisions. However, they may be shortening the division semifinals to best of five and then having Mm -hmm. the divisional finals and NLGHL finals a best-of-seven affair. So good news, Dave, that we will be back playing, or I should say the teams, not you and I. You used to play. I've never been close (laughs) to playing. The teams will be back on the ice this week, and the regular season will begin on Thursday, and the Eagles and Thunderbirds will resume on Friday. So certainly good news on that front. See, now I'll say quickly, if someone wants to call back and break a rule and have me in, you know I'll play for you. If you want a guy that will snipe and go in front of the net for you, I'm your dude. Uh, the Eagles and Beavers know that more than the Thunderbirds. I was a different player when I played for the Birds. Uh, but the jokes aside, Scotty, you know, you brought up a good point. There are a lot of games in a short period of time. 
And, you know, in the National Hockey League, they're almost at the same thing, right? Because all the hockey leagues, all the professional leagues, and if you particularly talk about ice, uh, they are in cramming games on a short period of span. If it's 48 hours, 72 hours. And the biggest thing, and what I will say, is that despite my playing jokes aside, we I did coach in the uh, Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, assistant coach for a year and a half with Blind River as assistant coach to uh, Doug McEwen in Blind River at that time. And, you know, taking my coaching kind of perspective out, if I know my team is playing so many games in a row, and it's such an obvious thing, yes, you still need to have practices. It's important to get on the ice, bond together, work in practice, work on the, the faults that you want to improve on. But your approaches and practice change. You're not, you you know, if you have a, maybe five days off, you have a bit more of an intensified skate, right? You're doing not that you're bag skating unless you get rocked on one weekend and Paul Terrio wants to bag you blue line back, red line back, which is a common thing back when I play it again, if I'm making more jokes. But you have to take a new system in terms of the way the new hockey is. It's not the way it was. And it's so systematic where you can take the practice time now and use that on the ice in terms of working on your power play, your penalty kill, your breakouts, you know, you're working on your neutral zone coverage, your zone coverage, you're working on the goalies, you know, the backup goalie, give him that extra time in net because you know your number one guy, unless you're a rotating type team, that your number one guy is probably going to be going a good chunk because you want to try to solidify a high spot in the standings for your placement in the playoffs and for potential home ice, which could be huge, especially even more so with COVID-19. So uh, what I will say is that I think it's imperative that a team brings forward different practice mentality where it's not just cardio or it's not that skating that they really focus on systems to make sure the body can rest and heal and on top of that maybe consider more off days you know if you only have 48 hours between games guess what that next day you're not practicing maybe that morning before they go to school because a lot of these kids go to school still in college you do a nice warm-up skate in the morning get the legs nice and loose the guys that aren't playing if they're healthy scratch get them on the ice that's where you can maybe do some extra systems with them half hour for the guys playing hour for the guys who aren't playing and you get you treat that last hour for the guys that aren't playing as a hard game where that last hour hour yes they are skating like it is a game so everybody keeps up in the same shape because it's important you might be called upon in other games you may have to rest other guys because you have all these games close together which is another thing coaches should look at as maybe resting guys here and there if needed if too many games are being played in a row to ensure injury doesn't occur. So a lot of factors I want to bring from a coaching end there, Scott, but I'm glad to see that the games are back. I'm glad to see the NOJHL has a schedule like this. They've extended the schedule. They've made it appropriate for all the players and teams involved. And again, kudos to all the NOJHL volunteers and staff for you know, dealing with this COVID and dealing with the schedule changes into the teams, players. It's certainly been hard, not just this year, the past few years. And just good to see that they're going to be back on the ice and that we're going to be able to hear and watch hockey in our local community again, even outside of the Ontario Hockey League. It will be indeed, Dave. And if anyone wants to hear more about these two Eagles, we interviewed head coach Doug LaProd over the weekend on Coach's Corner. You can find it at thegamesportshow.com. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, we only have a few minutes left. And let's end with the I-500 snowmobile race. You have been doing a mini-series on the I-500 on the game entertainment and media. A couple broadcasts already on those sites. So just uh, give our listeners in about two or three minutes what that's all about and how you came about uh, doing it. 
Definitely. You know, uh, we ended up getting in connection uh, with a friend of mine, Adrian Velaka, who does a different streaming uh, segments here in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, the T-Gem Network, which is not really a secret anymore, uh, it's still at its development stages as it has been launched, but we have new podcasters coming on the platform, uh, I guess I should say daily. Uh, or weekly rather, and with the i500 series, we have the audio versions out on the platform that Scott mentioned, uh, but we will have our uh, video segments of that uploaded this week uh, for the TGEM network, which you can subscribe on YouTube. But that got connected through Adrian Velaka, uh, as well as you know Scott yourself. You've done coverage with the uh, the i500, and when I got connected with Rick Federo, he has got me connected with all the writers. Uh, and involvement inside of the I-500. So with all that coverage, uh, T-Gem is going to be playing a massive part and the game sports show uh, with coverage for the I-500 for the near future. And we wanted to expose this very exhilarating event more than what it's being deserved as. You know, they get a lot of publicity, but the content inside the event is where the true uh, the true uh, the great uh, greatness of it is. The riders, the volunteers, there's the events that go on and talk and interview writers. We're going to be involved in uh, being involved in post event and promoting everything within the I 500. But as you said, we're doing a podcast mini series, be about a handful, if not a bit less of episodes. There'll be interviews. There has been some interviews already uploaded. There'll be video content coming this week as well. Uh, and it'll be throughout the week of this I 500 that's going on in Sioux, Michigan. And you can still tune into the I 500 online as well. So we want to make sure we promote it, Scotty, because it is a great event, and I'm glad we got connected through different connections of our show and listeners and viewers. Uh, it needs to have the exposure. It deserves the exposure, and I want everyone to make sure to check out the content that we are going to be uploading. And you can also find a flag-to-flag coverage of the I-500 this Saturday over on 1230 WSO. David McKegg joining us on the game. And, Dave, what's ahead for you and your crew on the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario this upcoming week? You know, we've got a busy week, as always, Scotty, and as you already talked about in the mini uh, I-500 podcast series, we'll have all the, uh, the, the uploads from the audio side. Uh, will be uploaded on our platforms, uh, but you will uh, be able to watch the video versions as well. The video versions will be uploaded on YouTube, so we're going to be doing interviews this week for that, content w- revolving around that, so that'll keep us busy this week. Uh, we will have a top-shelf edition uh, this week. And the top shelf edition uh, will be taking place midweek. We will not have a uh, in the pocket this week. The in the pocket will be coming out the week after. We'll be taking a week off. And that's when we'll be starting to do video news shows. So a little teaser there. Uh, so I-500 series, top shelf. So uh, we will also have a special edition upload this week with Pete Mahovlich and Marcel Dion. That will be wow. what we end. That'll be what we'll end our week with on the TGM platform. Uh, lots of uploads coming this week with the TGM platform, though, as well. I know you mentioned the Game Sports Show uh, for us, Scotty, so I mentioned the i500 series, the Top Shelf and Special Edition. But for TGM, uh, we have new podcasters that are joining the TGM network. They'll be uploading on our platform. Uh, there's been some recent uploads. So you got to check that out. We got lots coming. It's a busy week, lots of recordings that we're going to make sure that keep the listeners entertained. But I am so excited. I'm excited for every piece of content. But to say that we'll be uploading a show with Marcel Dion and Pete Mahovlich, that that is so exciting. We It was such a great show, and the listeners are in for a real, real treat with that, my friend. 
Absolutely. We'll also have full time with myself and Daniel Scarpino talking about the world of soccer. Canada knocking off the USA yesterday 2-0. And on Saturday, we'll have our latest edition of Full Court Press with myself and Matt Johnson talking about EUP boys basketball. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, have a great rest of your week. And we'll always have more to talk about and certainly will next Monday night right here on News Talk 1400. We will talk to you then, sir. Sounds good, Scotty. Thank you, and thank you to all the listeners. And make sure you always check out our content. I'm always going to pressure that out. And a special love to the I-500 this week. Get out and enjoy that. People are asking, what what is there to do? Guess what? There's something right in front of you to do if you're a local individual. If you're from out of town, maybe not. But you know what? If you're within Sioux City, Michigan, or Sioux, Ontario, and able to travel across the border, get out and enjoy the thrill of snowmobile racing this week. Thanks, Dave. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. You can catch podcasts of The Game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 651 on The Game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now and for the rest of tonight's broadcast, co-host of The Game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports released last night, which you can find on Butch's podcast page. Just go to Simply Butch 2, that's too.podomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook or on our podcast site, thegamesportshow.podcast.com. Bean.com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the state of Michigan and around the Metro Detroit area. Butch, happy Monday night to you, sir. Last day of January. How you doing? We're all going to freeze and blow it up here, man. We doing okay there. <laughs> yes, uh, you are going to be getting a lot of snow in your area here over the next uh, 48 hours. It looks like it's going to miss our area in northern Michigan. So, Butch, uh, stock up because it looks like you guys are going to get slammed by winter storm. Insert name here. I'm not sure what this one is. I'm waiting for the snow day. <laughs> yes, you are. Butch, uh, we talked a lot about high school basketball throughout this show and just wanted to get your thoughts or uh, updates uh, in Metro Detroit as far as the high school sports scene. We're about a month away from districts in high school basketball along with several other sports. Uh, how are things going high school sports-wise in your area? Well, in some, in most of the particular gymnasiums, they're letting in uh, capacity crowds and whatnot there, which uh, somewhat you can kind of, t- you know, shake your head at. But again, uh, people are coming in being safe. Uh, there are uh, a few, and I say a little bit more than a few, who are not wearing masks at all at the particular events and all. And um, these places don't disclose. Do you have, you know, do you have you been vaccinated? Have you been this or that and the other? So again, uh, for the kids right now, it's it's tuck and drive because I've seen a lot of cancellations, and then I've seen a lot of makeups. And you know, the rule is stated: if you got so many on your team that is uh, that do have covert, right, the possibility of forfeiture there, and you know that kind of that rule, it's 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 ironclad. So. Again, you have uh, teams that are not being able to play or getting the easy win because of they're not their opponents are not being able to uh, to compete against them there. But so far, so good. 
I'd say at least 95% of the teams around here are getting the games in. They're playing. There's some of the gyms are limiting people coming in uh, or the crowds that they're letting come in there. But, again, um, they're getting the games in there. Um, I expect toward the end of the particular season there, uh, if everything goes, goes, goes smoothly, You'll probably see a lot bigger crowds there. I'm I'm quite sure of that. Butch, uh, one of the topics that has gotten a lot of discussion over the past week, not just on our weekend uh, local basketball show, Full Court Press, but also on some of the Suhai broadcasts that I did over the week, was talking about the shot clock in high school basketball. The state of Michigan could be closer to getting the 35-second shot clock for boys and girls high school basketball. The National Federation of High School Associations has improved experimentation with a 35-second shot clock. Uh, some holiday tournaments use that in the state of Michigan. It's not a foregone conclusion that this will be utilized by the MHSA as it still has uh, many hurdles to clear along with potential costs incurred by schools. And Butch, it's kind of been a mixed bag of reaction around here and the people I've talked to as far as a shot clock in high school basketball. I wanted your thoughts and opinion on it. It's long overdue. I, I, in my opinion there, I think a shot clock should have been um, implemented at least 10 years ago there. Uh, the college was the last that we know that did not have a shot clock but do utilize the shot clock. And they've been utilizing the shot clock for at least almost 20 years now here. And I'm just kind of, kind of wondering why our high schools have not partaken that there. If the shot clock um, rules or the particular time for a high school uh, uh, team to get a, a basket may increase, I'm quite sure it will. However, yes, a shot clock should be implemented in there. There's too many times that you do see the stall type of tactics that some teams play, and the, and the, and the play is not fluid there. And, you know, you can look at some of the scores throughout the state, and you can see where basically, you know, some of the smarter teams or good, good defensive teams, they use that style very, very well, but, and the play does not flow. So I think the people like to see a lot more offense in the game, but, again, people like to see honest defense being played as well. And the only way I think you can get that is to implement a shot clock in, in, in justification of what's going on now. And for these kids to be acclimated to uh, college basketball and maybe just getting to the pros. And that's, uh, I'm under the same opinion there, Butch, uh, you know, getting them ready for the next level. I mean, that's a lot of these kids are going to play college basketball at the D1, D2, and D3 levels. And all those, uh, you know, places have a shot clock. Uh, the Michigan High School Athletic Association's communication director, Jeff Kimmerly, uh, sent out a survey in the fall. And out of uh, 621 responses, only uh, uh, around 40 some odd percent of athletic directors that they serve 
surveyed were in favor of it. And the biggest pitfalls I see, Butch, of course, is cost because these things are not cheap. They cost over $2,000. So, you know, is the MHSA, if this does get approved, going to spring the cost? As well, you also have to train a clock operator, which might be a little easier in your area, but around these parts, you know, in these smaller communities, those are the two pitfalls I see. But I agree with you. I, I think this is something that's long overdue. You, you see a lot of these games, especially in the Western UP, uh, you know, 30 to 29 games. A team gets ahead by 10 in the fourth quarter and they're running the stall offense. So I'm in agreement with you. I think it's something that might be hard to do, but it's long overdue. Well, again, you got to look at the factors. And also, you know, and I don't agree with the 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 two thousand dollar price tag there, right? And for two shot clocks to be at one end and the other end of the particular arena, and most of them will probably be hanging in the arena rather than have them on the floor like the OMBA used right, to do. Right, right. Uh, that that cost will eat up itself because all you're really doing is you're taking another clock and you're rendering it into the actual board that you have. Most of those boards can adapt to another clock going in there. The only difference is you will have to have a, uh, a uh, another particular individual working the shot clock right. in, an, in conjunction to the actual clock that's being dealt with by the, the clock operator there. So I don't see the big deal here. You know, I think it's a it's a big deal to some schools that not want to put the money out. I think in most occasions of the money that they're serving up to the fans who pay for all of that, if that money, some of that money is, in, is invested, more than enough invested in getting those particular clocks in, especially during basketball season where the majority of the home gyms are full. I'm not saying the visitors uh, will, you know, ponder and come to those particular sites and whatnot there. Normally it was a big game or a featured game in the league where two teams are rivals or whatever it may be. Yes, the gym will be incredibly full of of, of, uh, of the fans there. But, again, I don't agree with that. I think some uh, athletic directors who are really not athletic directors – in certain cases, they're volunteers or they're athletic directors because the school needs to have that particular position in mind. Uh, not saying they're not sports il- uh, illustrated or relegated to deal with that particular there, but the game has changed so much where basically right now you're really hurting the kids by not having that entity there. there. So that's why I really don't agree with that. I think that's a small cost to pay for some of the money's being wasted on on other things that that really is not relevant in the sports field in the first place. Butch, we got to take our top of the hour break a little bit late. We'll be back here in two minutes on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game News Talk fourteen hundred. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start? Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, 
Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. I gotta figure out how to move the snow before it gets here. Wow, a lot of plows and blowers in the market. And where are they made? Okay, China, China. Wait, Brazil? What the? There's no way I'm gonna throw away my money. I'm going with Boss. Boss snow plows from Gaylor Thompson are made in the UP, where winter and deep snow are just a way of life. Boss Plows, made in Michigan for Michigan winters. Waiting for you at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Exit 373, just off I-75, Rudyard. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sioux Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Hour two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We covered local sports in hour one as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports in Metro Detroit as we transition to the regional and national sports scene. And Butch, let's start with the NFL and we talked last week about how good all four games were in the divisional round uh, playoff games. And boy, you almost thought these games this weekend just can't live up to that. I mean, they were such great games and well, they did. And uh, Cincinnati for the first time since 1988 are heading to the Super Bowl as a second half rally led by quarterback Joe Burrow helped force overtime for the second straight week. And for the second straight week, the Chiefs win the coin flip. Tails never fails, people. Got to call tails, but it didn't matter. Patrick Mahomes throws an interception. Uh, great play uh, by Bengals safety Jesse Bates, who was uh, and Von Bell reeled in the ball. Cincinnati goes down and makes a 42-yard field goal, and they are going to their third-ever Super Bowl as they win that game over the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and let's start there, Butch. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, a team that was 2-14 and 14 two years ago. They won more games in three weeks than they won all of that season. They draft Joe Burrow with the number one pick. He has an injury in his opening season and then had, you know, major surgery over the offseason. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Your thoughts on them and uh, the game at Arrowhead yesterday? What kind of thoughts do you want? All of them. <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> Really and truly, you found a team that rallied around some individuals on that particular team. They believed in the coaching staff. The coaching staff had a big, huge influence on the players who they kept. 
on the team and also the taxi squad, as we used to call it, which you cannot not uh, include those particular players as well because they play a major role in preparing uh, the teams uh, so far to, to be ready for those particulars there. Um, you you can get it done, you know. It, it hurts me because, again, I since I've been, well, we had one championship with the Lions of 55, but I was only one year old. <laughs> Other than that, I have not seen nothing, okay? And many of our fans out there have never seen nothing. The Lions are one of the few teams that have never been in the Super Bowl. Never. And it's sad. Because we get rid of a quarterback who basically uh, <laughs> was not getting nothing here for 12 years. Gave him one year. He didn't get one year. He made good on what was due. He yes, scored he to the Super Bowl, too. And it, it, it's beautiful because both of those teams who are in there right now, they played a role in getting there. And they showed some team spirit. They showed good defense when it was needed to be played. And everything went out as, as planned. Maybe not as planned, per se, but in the route to uh, be able to play in two weeks and, and have a good time there. They're, they're going to reap the benefits there. And, and Butch, you said it when you said they went on as planned. And credit to the Cincinnati coaching staff for sticking with their game plan. You know, they were down twenty-one to three in that second sure. quarter, and I was watching that game with my dad and my son. And and you had that feeling that you know this one just looks like a Kansas City route. And then they score a touchdown. It's twenty-one to ten. And to me, there were two key moments in both games. We'll get to the Rams and the Niners coming up here mm-hmm. shortly. But to me, the key moment in that game was late in that second half when Kansas City had it down at the one yard line at one point they had five seconds left and I believe they were on the one or two yard line and instead of kicking the field goal and my oldest son Vance made a great observation he said they should kick the field goal here they didn't they tried a little screen pass to the left no timeouts it didn't work work. and and to me that was the key moment in that game because you look at what Cincinnati did Uh, obviously they made uh, adjustments in that second half defensively pressuring Patrick Mahomes and to me that's where that game flipped rather. The biggest key is that the locker room, they went in that locker room feeling good about themselves and whatnot. They accomplished something and it's very easy to come out of that locker room hyped up and whatnot visa uh, Kansas City look what we've done we look like a bunch of bozos there. We could have had three points and don't have it. So you got all that, that mixture there and again uh, Cincinnati's on the upswing. They're positive. Uh, Kansas City's not coming out of that locker room positive or whatever it may be. And, and you look at Mahomes' stats in that first half. I mean, three touchdowns. I think he had two or three incompletions. And yeah. what really impressed me, you know, especially in that second half and overtime, is Joe Burrow's poise and control of the line of scrimmage. You know, you look at his scrambling ability. It's something we haven't really talked about much because we haven't seen it a whole lot. He did it more at LSU, which is easier to do in college, mind you, even playing in the SEC. But, you know, Burrow just did not look shaken at all. He got sacked nine times the week before and they win the game and uh, I don't know how many if he got sacked more than a couple times but Joe Burrow's poise as a second year quarterback was very impressive and on display yesterday 
And so was that offensive line. Yes. He didn't get up he didn't get beat up as bad as he did. And also Burroughs took chances where he did not take chances the week before. When Burroughs saw that there was a ladder to be thrown, he took it and ran and made some yardage rather than lose some yardage. It's a different different philosophy that was put in there that he felt a lot more free in doing that rather than get his rear end kicked in in the back and, and lose yardage. So Cincinnati advances to their third ever Super Bowl, the first one since 1988, and they will take on Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams, as the Rams had lost six straight games to their rival San Francisco heading into Sunday night's NFC Championship, and they were down 17-7 to in the fourth quarter, come back and win as they knock off the 49ers 20-17 to as they will head back to the Super Bowl in their own home no less at SoFi Stadium as that Super Bowl will be on February 13th and again Butch you know in this game Matt Stafford showed that he can perform on the big stage down 10 in the fourth quarter you got the feeling that boy this looks like a San Francisco type of game especially in that you know first half and third quarter but the Rams come back and win your thoughts on that game well far as Stafford's concerned he has a better coaching staff to guide him there. Yes. And that's a big difference there. He had better, he got better players all around there. Cooper Colt, again, him and Odell Beckham, they caught 20 passes yeah. between both of them. Okay. That's for over 200 some odd yards. That's a lot of yardage there. And very few times he went to other people and whatnot, but when he did, it was very effective. And I'm talking about Matthew Stafford going to his tight end a couple of times there and making uh, do on that, as well as also my Matthew Stafford did something that he – that I used to be painful about and, and complaining on this show is that he ran. He took the yardage that they gave him, okay? Yep. He got on the ground and, and slid and and kept things going. Uh, was San Francisco very hard on him? Yes, they were. They were very raucous on uh, L.A. there. But L.A.'s offensive line overcame it, and the defense showed up. That was a huge key in this particular game. At certain times, especially in the fourth quarter, where that defense played very stellar, versus uh, sometimes was a lot of times rocky in the end of the game. Yeah, the defense to me was the dear, obviously Stafford as well, but the defense by the Rams. I mean, you look at what Aaron Donald, Greg Games, and Ashawn Robinson did to San Francisco's offensive line. You know, it really kept. Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback for the Niners, out of his comfort zone early, and then you had you know Jalen Ramsey as well, and in, in, in the secondary making great plays. And Butch, I feel that this game, and everyone's going to talk about the interception that was dropped by San Francisco in that fourth quarter, and of course that was a big point in the game. But but to me, the turning point of the game was uh, midway through that fourth quarter when San Francisco was still ahead. They had a fourth and two just uh, in Rams territory, and they decided to punt it. And I really was surprised by that. Maybe it's because they weren't moving the ball, the possession before, but you know, you know, it's easy to look back now and say that was a mistake. But to me, that's where the tide turned. If they get that first down, they could have ran out a lot of the clock, potentially scored a field goal or a touchdown. To me, that was a real key moment in that game. 
Well, to me, the key moment was the interception that was not. Oh, absolutely. That was in the latter part of the game where it really counted. If he just caught the ball, L.A. season is practically over, just running off the clock, per se, there. If you wanted to punt it at that point in time, they had maybe 13 seconds. If they could do something with that. God bless America on them. The thing was, is that interception to me was the huge key. Yes, don't take away what happened, you know, after the fact there, okay? But that interception, uh, it's going to harm them. And also I look at another key point in that particular game is that they didn't use Debo Samuels a whole hell of a lot in that second half, okay? Where they did in the first half, they featured him very tremendously in certain situations, especially running. And they didn't give him the ball where he can pass the ball or whatnot. They didn't give the full full stoke of what Debo Samuels can do so they can somewhat really edge him on. Yes, they had two or three people on him when he went out for a pass. But, again, they didn't perform those other deeds that Debo Samuels were pretty uh, special with, and that is to be able to throw a pass. And I think that would have shook them up a whole heck of a lot of deal. One thing that team was doing, I'm talking about L.A., they was keying on Debo Samuels there. Yep. And as long as they keying on that one man, somebody else or maybe two or three were open, and they didn't explore that to the big portion. Uh, Jalopolo, you know, you know, that that's, that's gravy in the dam. He's not going to be with the team no way next year. But, no. you know, from what I understand, he's going to the Texans. But what the heck? Uh, it, 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 that was the big key to the game to me there. So Super Bowl 56, which will be on February 13th at SoFi Stadium, the home of the Los Angeles Rams. It took 55 years for a team to have home field advantage in the Super Bowl last year with Tampa. They won, and now we have another team that does it. Butch, the Bengals were 125 to 1 odds to reach the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. And if you if you and I were on the show last year at this time and said, you know what? This next Super Bowl, Matt Stafford will be facing the Cincinnati Rams in the Super Bowl. They would have probably sent us uh, away and never to be heard from again. Nobody would have called it then. Of course, Stafford got traded a little bit later to the Rams. But certainly, you know, as somebody that's been a little tough on Matt Stafford on the radio for many years, I'm happy for him. I mean, he he just seems to be a pretty class stand-up kind of guy, and he's proven over these past few weeks what a lot of people have said and a lot of people, including myself, have doubted. Get him in a good situation, and you may see this guy take it to the next level. Matt Stafford certainly has answered his critics over the past few weeks. Matthew Stafford right now is counting his blessings because Again, he would have been just a mediocre quarterback, uh-huh. uh, just in the middle of the pack of virus feature quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think his mystique of him being the number one guy and, uh, and what that, what other people talked about him bothered him. I don't think that bothered him at all. I think what bothered the guy was is that he came from winning particular organizations, even down to, in Texas, where he was uh, going to school in Highland Park, right. he came out a good winning tradition. I think it hurt him more, not so much of being the greatest quarterback all the time, but just being on a team that constantly found ways to lose, okay? And to be with a bunch of guys who got together, 
and put it together like L.A. did. And many people thought that San Francisco would win this game there. But L.A. kept it together. They kept their poise. They got some breaks. And by golly, they're in the Super Bowl right now. And we'll have more on Super Bowl 56 next week. Cincinnati taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And final note on the weekend in playoff football, Butch, there is a gentleman that placed a $20 bet that Cincinnati would win and the Rams would win. Not only that, he placed the bet of the exact score, Cincinnati 27 over Kansas City 24, Rams 20, San Francisco 17. $20 bet got him over $500,000, baby. And no, that wasn't me, Butch, if you're asking. I know he's out the neighborhood at this time. <laughs> That's right. He's you know he's going to protect him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, a... he's whooping it up somewhere else where no friends are allowed. Yep, exactly. Butch, uh, one other NFL note. Uh, we think, we might think, we don't know. Tom Brady, all over the news over the weekend, as ESPN reported that he was retiring after 22 seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady has not come out with a statement, so I don't know if he's retiring or not. But boy, it certainly got a lot of uh, a lot of hype over the weekend. Well, the hype was basically Scheffler and Darlington reported that, and ESPN is eating their dough. He's eating their dust right now there. And the one thing that I would like to see happen out of this whole situation is Tom Terrific come back for one more year. Me too. And make an ass out of each and every one of everybody who's pumped him up and wanted him to quit. Because everybody has this scenario on how you should go out and what not there. And the only person who knows how you should go out is Tom Terrific and his family yep. there. And if his family says, Dad, you should give it one more shot, or Honey, you should give it one more shot, and after that, we can call it quits and just be up front and let it be known. Uh, I think a lot of things would be a lot better in the scenario where basically the press is not forcing someone to do something that maybe they're not certain of wanting to do and whatnot there. I think ESPN is wrong in basically getting that information out there when the source of the whole situation was Tom. Um, to get that information, and he has not spoken to anyone yet. You know, I I just think it's uh, it does a sport very wrong for ESPN to go out on a limb like that until the particular person in in doubt or who's in spirit of, of what he wants to do make the announcement there. And ESPN's still running with it, Butch. I saw uh, they can run with anything they want. Yeah, this man said he's going to deal with it for one more year. That the credibility of ESPN is going shop is going to be shot to you know where. I agree. We're gonna know. yeah, we're gonna take a break here on the game. When Butch and I come back, we'll move on to the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings, NBA, Detroit Pistons, and a whole lot more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, the game news talk fourteen hundred. Central Savings Bank. That's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. 
mobile wallet, make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Stop in, take a look around No pressure selling right here in town Servicing through and through We're working hard for you Make 2022 sizzle with the Start Something New event on now at O'Connor's of Pickford. Low mileage leases on the Jeep you want with your good credit for the new year are waiting for you now. Like the new 2022 Jeep Compass Lux. A 39-month lease is $321 a month plus tax with two grand two head signing. A new 2021 Jeep Cherokee Latitude Lux. 39-month lease is now only $336 a month plus tax with two grand two head signing. Or how about a new 2021 Jeep Renegade Trailhawk? O'Connor's has a 39-month lease for $358 a month plus tax with just two grand duet signing. Ask about the first responder bonus rebate of $500 to the something new event on all month long at O'Connor's of Pickford. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 723 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it a little bit after our broadcast on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings and the National Hockey League. Uh, the Wings uh, had a strong effort for most of the game on Saturday against one of the best teams in the league, but ran out of steam as the Toronto Maple Leafs scored five unanswered goals in the third period and knocked off the wings seven to four at Little Caesars Arena. It's kind of an up and down week for the wings. They topped Pittsburgh Friday night in a shootout three to two on the road and then lost at home to Chicago eight to five. The wings now 19, 20 and six fifth place in the Atlantic division, nine points behind Boston for the final wild card spot. The wings are at home tonight to the ducks of Anaheim at little Caesars arena. You can hear that game as we will join it in progress over on 1230 WSO after Sioux high boys basketball tonight. Uh, Butch, uh, Wings, defensively, uh, we talked about it last week, and boy, defensive zone coverage and just not good enough right now if they want to get into the playoffs. Your thought on uh, what you've seen from the Wings this week? I think you said it all here. Defensive play was very poor. Uh, no support to the goaltender, whoever he was, okay? It just it was just non-existent there. And I think right now the coaching staff need to have a coming-to-Jesus meeting with each other 
and see how they can fix that where they can get the players to buy in that if they don't do certain things in order to uh, defend their, their, their ground, they're going to be in the same shape. They may want a few more games, but again, the scenario is still going to be the same. With a bunch of talented kids that they do right now, they can take some liberties and doing some things and find out who wants to be there and who's not. And I think they need to do a better job of, of making some changes or some switches or getting some of the defensive players to buy in and doing the job right. And, you know, I haven't had a lot of chances, Butch, to watch full Red Wings games. And I watched the entire game on Saturday night. And for the first two periods, I mean, the Wings were flying out there. I mean, they looked great. You thought they were on a, on their way to a comfortable victory. But consistency with this team seems to be lacking at times. And, and again, in the defensive zone coverage, uh, you know, they are probably where I thought they would be right now, right around 500. They are in playoff contention. But, but moving forward, you know, we're going to have the all-star break this week and then the second half of the season they're gonna have to go on a pretty good run uh to make the playoffs if they don't make the playoffs this season you know coach Jeff Blaschel has been there for a while and they haven't had a lot of success is it playoffs or bust for coach Blaschel or if they continue on this path where they're right around 500 and they're showing signs of a good team and then the next night uh, having trouble is uh the end near for him in your opinion engineered for him uh, and I don't think Stevie I will get rid of him at the middle of the season I think he'll wait to the tail end to do that and do it tastefully there but I don't think that uh, Blasso will be back if he doesn't show a favorable uh, uh, climb with the Red Wings this year even though they don't make the playoffs right now uh, some of the basic things the Red Wings should do with the, some of the players that have returned with the team or allowed to be being playing with this particular team. Should know the scope of what's going to take to get better. And again, you got to play defense in this league in order to win. And you're going to have to take some, some punches and you're going to have to take some hits. But you got to do some things to be defensive-minded and show that other players on your team, that's especially your goaltender, that you got to back him up a thousand and one percent. And the Red Wings have just not been consistent in that there. And that has to change in order for this team to be a better team because teams are just going to pound on them offensively there. They'll hold back. Okay, some things into the uh, the middle of the game or the third uh, period in order to to spot them like the the Maple Leafs did. That was a that was insulting. Okay, yeah. that was indignant. Okay, and on a national uh, scale, that's a national audience watching them, at least in Canada per se. There, and uh, that's just that's just not acceptable for you to lose a game. And allow the other team to score five goals on you, and openly watch the team that just outskate you. You know you're you're putting all your motors in the game, and you mean the third period you don't have nothing. That's coaching right there, and that's not the players. That's the coaching. 
Butch, as we approach the All-Star break, uh, the games will uh, re- stop on Wednesday and then resume on Monday. Just kind of looking overall at the NHL, the Wings right now in the league, 21st out of the 32 teams as far as points. Uh, top of the standings right now, Colorado and Florida, both with 67 points. Carolina and Tampa up there as well, along with the Rangers, Penguins, and Nashville. And on the bottom, the very bottom of the standings, the Montreal Canadiens, they were in the Stanley Cup, 829-7, just 23 points. Just overall in the NHL, uh, what are some of the things that you've seen that have been surprising to you as far as some of the team performances? Well, Montreal is very simple. They right now, they they need to do a redo, okay? They got some players that are left over that really are not uh, putting up the effort there. And again, uh, you got players like Petrie and, and whatnot. They can be uh, a, a huge, huge part. If, if the Red Wings had Petrie tomorrow, the Red Wings would be a better team. Yes. Uh, believe it or not. If they gave away uh, Patuzzi, they I think the Red Wings would be a better team. Just the 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 red blood uh, situation that Petrie's in versus uh, Batuzzi there. But again, Montreal is kind of hard to gauge, but it's very easy to gauge there. They're, they're, they're right now, that's a team that needs to be changing from top to bottom there right now. Butch, the NHL All-Star Game this weekend in Las Vegas. The game will be Saturday, 3 p.m. on ABC. And they're going to have a skills competition on Friday and they're going to have a Vegas-themed skills competition, a couple new events. They'll have the NHL Fountain Face-Off, which will be staged at the Fountains of Bellagio. Eight participants will travel by boat to a rink in the fountain. They must successfully shoot pucks as quickly as possible into five targets placed in the water, fighting through the spray of the nearby fountains as qualifying players will move on to the head-to-head final. And they will also have another competition. It'll be a full deck of oversized playing cards on a rack that is essentially hockey as blackjack. I'm not making this up. Players will try to build a hand that equals 21 in the least number of shots without going bust by shooting pucks at the cards. The player who wins two rounds is crowned Puck Shark. It'll be a five-player field. Are you excited to watch that? No. <laughs> no. I might... I might roll over and take a nap or watch one of my face with the untouchables or something. Man, I don't know. I know. No, no. I've never been only enthused over the 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 the, the night before, you know, when yeah. they out there in the shootout and the skill competitions and whatnot there. I, I've not been a, I never have been a enthusiastic guy over that there. Uh, the race, yes, the fastest hockey player, that, that kind of amused me there, but some of the other crap they got in there, they go, how deep is the water? That's I have I no idea. I have no idea. Oh, Probably. Okay. <laughs> you're going out there to shoot at a fountain. Come on, man. I, no, 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 no. 
and and they missed all that to keep from going to the Olympics. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the. That's a good, very good point. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be shooting in fountains and playing blackjack, but not representing your country. Uh, but speaking of naps, uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, did win last night at Little Caesars Arena as they knocked off Cleveland one fifteen to one hundred five. Sadiq Bay with a big night, thirty one points. The Pistons lost to the only team behind them in the standings, the Orlando Magic, on Friday. The Pistons. 12 and 37 on the year. They will be home to New Orleans tomorrow night. You can hear that game right here on News Talk 1400, starting with the pregame show at 6:40. You know, with the Pistons, Butch, kind of the same. They're still waiting to see what happens with Jeremy Grant as far as uh, what team he might go to, if any. Just uh, you know, with the Pistons, just kind of the same old dance this season. Every week we talk about them. I don't think the Pistons know what they want to do. No. I really, I'm I'm very serious on that. I think you got a general man right now in between a rock and a hard place on what really he needs to do. Do you want this team to succeed now or do you want this team to succeed later? And if he wants the team to succeed now, you're going to get rid of the coaches and some of the coaching staff that has employed there because the people that he's drafted, he's he, he's not played them the way they should be played in order for them to get the experience necessary in order to be a better team there. Uh, the Pistons are <clears throat> a big, fat mess right now there. And really and truly, I, you know, a lot of people are not interested in it. I think the people who go down there, go down there because maybe the tickets are free. Right. They got a cut on the, on the, on the wares there. Uh, they had nothing really else to do. Uh, all kind of other excuses are they in there as they, as I used to see many, um, fans go in there and be traveling around the, the arena rather than to watch the game, you know? Yeah. And that was very sympathetic of the Red Wings as well. You know, they was more or less in the arena than watching the game, you know, and they had a major, uh, a, a, a tour like they was at a fair or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Pistons, they're pitiful right now. I, I thought they would do better. I really did. And they use the hands that they got right now. Then they're, they're not doing it there. And just something about the Jeremy Grant situation. Is the guy hurt? Why is he not playing? He is worth more to this team if they want to trade the guy, if the guy is playing, rather than see him just sit out and then somebody else get him. He don't pass the physical, and he'll be right back on the Pistons. What sense does that make? They already done got a dud in Bobo or whatever his name was, and he sent them back to Denver. I mean, what what do they – what, you know, again, we don't hear from the general manager. We don't. Okay? So we don't know really how they really want this team to thrive if they want to get that level where they're going to be in play, playoff competition. I don't believe always one person can do it. Uh, basketball has always been a team sport, and – Regardless of how much you want to build one player up, like they're trying to build up uh, Kate uh, Cunningham, it, which you got a triple double, doesn't that his second of his career? Uh, God bless his soul. But again, they're still losing, and it's just it's 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 just not it's not working right. Even though Sadiq Bay, he's shooting, and you know you're only shooting forty percent, right? That's Period, okay? We're not talking about three-pointers. We're not talking about two-pointers. We're talking about all that in between. I mean, you're you're shooting. You're not a good shooter at all. 
and they're passing up shots just to, to, to be a clown. Stewart, I give him credit with credit due for his height and his size. He has done some magnificent work in the center. But, again, he needs help, okay? And you got somebody, a rookie that you drafted. Unless they tell me this man is hurt, you're not playing him. That doesn't make any sense. And, Butch, when the Pistons had their championship runs in the late 80s, early 90s, and the early 2000s, to me there were two attributes to those teams that stand out. They played team basketball, and they played defense. And, you know, and they had a bench. And, they had a bench. And, and this Pistons team, if you want a blueprint for success, that's what you do. You already laid the foundation a couple times in Detroit. It can be done. Just where's the disconnect here? Is it just the, the general manager? Manager, not knowing what he's doing? Is it just they haven't drafted the right players? In your opinion, where, where's the disconnect right now? Well, the general manager has to take a lot of the blame because, again, he's in charge of hiring the coach. Yeah. And that, to me personally, the coach in the years that he has been with the Pistons, regardless of the talent that has been put around the man, he's not been very successful at all at taking advantage of it. He hasn't. Okay, and I'm saying, well, he could do a much better job. We have had players that go other places. We talk about the Lions like a dog when they get rid of Stafford. We got players going to other places. They're going to the playoffs. They're getting their championship rings. They're getting the, 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 the pomp and circumstance of being on these winning teams. And they're just part of the solution there. And we've had them. And we have not had the proper coaching that is due in order for these kids. Right now we have kids to get out there and do their very best. I think they're underachieving at best. I think the philosophy of the basketball team, of the three-point shot and whatever it may be, is a, is a crop of BS. Okay, and it needs to stop, okay? And the only person who can stop is the general manager. Butch, we're going to take our final break here on the game. When you and I come back, we still have a lot to cover. College basketball, the Winter Olympics, Australian Open, soccer, Royal Rumble, all that and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. 
It's 2022 and Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also buys copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Bring in your unwanted vehicles or metals and they will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, uh, let's look at college basketball briefly. Uh, Michigan State knocks off Michigan over the weekend at the Breslin Center and by the score of 83-67. to 67. Michigan State now 16-4 and four on the season. They'll be at Maryland on Tuesday. Michigan now 10-8. and eight. They will be at home to Nebraska on on Tuesday and uh, Butch uh, closer to your neck of the woods uh, the Oakland uh, squad Oakland University first place in the Horizon League with a 9 and 1 record U of D not doing bad in league play as well 5 and 3 on um, in conference play just your uh, quick thoughts on college basketball as we head into February and closer to March madness I'm waiting for football to end so now basketball could be reached yes Rejuvenated again here. Right now, college basketball is just going to be going through the motions right now. There, and a lot of it has to do with again covert. Okay, uh, basketball uh, teams are getting <clears throat> either forfeiting or else they got to reschedule or do other things to to make it right. Uh, it's a very hard thing to gauge when there's so much is going on right now, right. and it, it's a lot is going on right now when you go to. Uh, a Super Bowl climb, and then you get rid of the college stuff there. And, and some of the basketball that's being played right now, although it's big right now, it doesn't loom be bigger to mostly toward the middle end of February. Then that's when really things are paying attention because rivalries are a lot more important there. So I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm happy with Oakland and the job they're doing there, because I think that team can go some places there in the NCAA there. Uh, University of Detroit, on the other hand, 
maybe not so much. Maybe NIT is in their future. For the University of Michigan, they got to start winning some games. They got to win some roles there. Uh, Michigan State just skunked them out of town in the second half there. They didn't give them an opportunity to breathe right there. And Michigan State is another team that right now you speak – you expect uh, big, big things out of them in the NCAAs, and if they keep going the way they're going, there's no doubt that they'll they'll be in it. So, right now, it's, it's, I kind of want to wait to the middle of February and then really start picking on teams who who's going to stay and who's going to go. Sounds like a plan, Butch. Uh, there was some news from the Detroit Tigers this past week. Lloyd McClendon, who had been out of baseball since he finished the 2020 season uh, as Tigers manager after Ron Gardenhire suddenly retired, has been hired to manage the Tigers AAA affiliate in Toledo. Your thoughts on that? For the third time. Yeah, right. He's been there before. Yeah, for the third time there, and that's because Jones got moved up uh, from Toledo over there to the Tigers' first base coach there. So a lot of arrangements are being made for the Tigers and hopefully be a better team. Lloyd McClendon is very good with young kids. He is excellent with them. And that's why he got, the, I guess, the main opportunity to be with the Tigers for so long in that main club because, again, they thought he would be a very Big, big addition. And with some of those kids, he, especially when it comes down to hitting, he has been very influential with them there. And I think the Tigers know what they're doing right now. Lloyd is a very long uh, person with the Detroit Tigers since he's been with Jim Leland. And, uh, and when Jim Leland has left. So uh, you want to get somebody you can trust in the organization. And right now, uh, I think uh, the Tigers are doing a very good thing by getting somebody like uh, McClendon in there to run the Toledo Mudhens team there. Still lots of questions on Major League Baseball as we head into February due to the two-month lockout, but we do know this, Butch, the Baseball Hall of Fame has a new class of one. Big Poppy, David Ortiz, gets in on the first ballot as he gets just under 77% of the vote. vote rather. However... Big names and big names from a uh, foregone era. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling all failing to make the 75% cutoff point in their final year of eligibility. So your thoughts on Big Poppy getting into the Hall of Fame? I loved watching him as a, a fan, not of the Red Sox, but just a fan of baseball. And your thoughts on uh, the three I mentioned not getting in again? I like him because he was so much outspoken. Yep, he- yep. When he got with the Boston, okay, when he got, uh, he was released by the Minnesota Twins, which I thought was a travesty there. Uh, that city embraced him and he embraced him back. He was very appreciative because in his mind, you know, when he left Minnesota, there was no other place to go. And he took an opportunity and he ran with it there in a park that was very favorable to him and how he hit it. And, and, and also a city right now who needed to see a leader on the team there. And as Big Poppy wasn't always not the captain of the team, when it, certain circumstances uh, was upheld, Big Poppy would run his mouth, and he would do it elegantly. Yes, he would. He did not embarrass the team, but he brought the fans together and in, in, in knowing that this guy is making some damn good sense here. And, and you can't. You can't beat on him with a, like a drum, especially when uh, Boston had that bad time during the marathon or whatnot. It was that one speech that he did in that part. And although some people did not care for the language, it was to the heart and to the point, 
and people embraced him on that there. He showed that he cared about the city that he lived in, the city that he supported, and the city that gave him a salary there. And he gave back to that in, in far as taking people and making sure that they're not scared and they can, you can keep moving, you can keep going forward. And I always liked his attitude on that. Even now to the day when you see him on TV, he's always upbeat. Yes. He's always <clears throat> not so much trashing someone, but trying to build them up there. And, 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 and I enjoy that out of him. As far as Barry Bonds and Clemens, they probably might get in this winter. Right. This December, because the veterans get to vote them in. <clears throat> that means those writers and uh, and those people are not going to be involved in it. It's going to be like the baseball players, the majority of that veteran squad, who will say without an asterisk that they belong in the Hall of Fame. Personally speaking, <clears throat> in my generation right now, I think Roger Clemens deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Barry Bonds deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Pete Rose deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, you take away their bad dealings, and you look at the bill and the good dealings. You know, I don't think anybody's perfect. You look at Babe Ruth. There's some people say he's the biggest drunk in town, but he gave so much to his to his fans in New York. It was ridiculous there in Boston. It was ridiculous. So, you know, taking all that away there, you know, some people may have their opinion of what they should do and ways. That's how I feel about it. I agree, Butch. If Ty Cobb and his antics could be in the oh, Hall yeah. of Fame, uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. He did a lot worse things than those guys, in my opinion. <laughs> Butch, the Winter Olympics begin this week in Beijing, China. The opening ceremonies will be on Friday morning. However, events get underway on Wednesday, including the USA women's hockey team, as they will have their first game Thursday morning against Finland. And that team, Butch, features a Sault Ste. Marie native, Abby Rock, who will be playing for the women's hockey team. So certainly that's one of the events I'll be watching. Our, our whole community has certainly wrapped themselves around her and that event. Uh, are you excited for the Winter Olympics this year? Yep, somewhat because of the change of pace from what we've been watching on TV, which is, you know, other than football right now, that is very surprising to me the last three or four weeks. has been very exciting. Every last game, I mean, even down to yesterday, they were all exciting games. And it's indicative of the best teams playing the best teams and getting the best out of everything they did. You know, everything wasn't peaches and cream, but you saw very competitive games all through the week. And it's going to be that same way in the Olympics. You're going to see some competition, second and none, and, and some honest competition, I should say, there. So, Yes, that will be a welcoming addition to watch the Olympics there. Yeah, I'm excited for it as well, Butch. And over the weekend, we saw the 2022 WWE Royal Rumble. Uh, some of the big uh, headlines of that event, Ronda Rousey returning for the first time in some time, winning the Royal Rumble. She'll be in a championship match at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar uh, loses uh, his title but wins the Men's Royal Rumble. You had Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns going at it. Uh, some other... Uh, matches as well. Uh, I didn't watch it, Butch. I just saw the results, so I wanted your thoughts on the Royal Rumble 2022 from Saturday. I watched the whole Royal Rumble from beginning to end. I know you did. And, beginning to end. and I don't know how I did it, but you know, 
First thing I'm going to reward the WWE is putting it on a Saturday night. Very good move. That is the best move that they have made in a lot of years there. That Sunday special there where basically you're depending on a family type of setting. You don't get it because a lot of the kids are saying up. They don't go to school or they go to school half cranky or whatever it may be. And that's their base of why their parents take them to all those wrestling matches and whatnot there. I know it would have probably been my base as well, you know. <laughs> I enjoyed the matches there. Um, I enjoyed um, Dewdrop and uh, Becky Lynch. Yes. Uh, that was a good doggone match. And I hate to see Dewdrop lose because I think of all the competitive matches I saw, that was the most honest match of the whole doggone night there. And really, it was very good. Uh, I didn't like the ending of it, okay? And they're trying to tell a story. The story stunk at the <laughs> end for Becky Lynch to win the way she did. Because it, it just looked like, well, you know, time is up here. It's time for you to fall on out and lose. Right. And that's the way the, the match ended. But before that, for the other 19 minutes that was going, it was very, very, very competitive there on both the wrestlers so far so good there. I can still can't, can't believe that uh, a person like Dewdrop, who is um, – as talented as she was, and as mobile as she was, allowed Becky Lynch, who's, you know, don't wear probably 160 pounds. Right. Beat her up, okay? I, I can't see that. In a real world, I don't think that's happening, okay? <laughs> Second to none. But it, the Royal Rumble was good. The Men's Royal Rumble was great. Brock Lesnar coming in there. Um, <laughs> Paul Heyman turned on him, eh? How did he get a match? Or who did he knock knock out in the back room of the uh, of the cl- closed closet of the WWE to get the third become the thirtieth member to come in the match? There? Yep. That you know some of that had to be really reworked there. But uh, the story with Roman Reigns, where again he beat up Seth Rollins, I enjoyed that tremendously. There, that was like like more or less like payback from years past. The Shield on that particular beating. And also, he came in there and interfered in the in match of uh, uh, Brock Lesnar uh, for uh, our man uh, Bobby Lashley to win there. Think that interference uh, was tremendous as well. So Roman Reigns did play a huge portion of that WrestleMania, of, of that Royal Rumble. And WrestleMania is going to be a trip because you're going to see a lot of little elements being sold in there. And the story will continue in a few minutes on Raw and certainly uh, one to watch for sure. But you've got about five minutes left. Let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start thumbs up to the Cincinnati Bengals making their first Super Bowl since 1988. Two and 14, two seasons ago, four and 12 last year, and they're in the Super Bowl. There's your blueprint, blueprint rather, Detroit Lions. If Cincinnati can do it, you can do it, but they probably won't. Thumbs up to Rafael Nadal. I'll tell you what, I got up early Sunday morning. This guy had a match, of, I wouldn't say of a lifetime because he's had a lot of good matches. 35 year old Nadal won his 21st Grand Slam title, down two sets came back and beat Daniel Medvedev in five sets. He's now the all-time, set the all-time men's record for Grand Slam singles titles, 21, one ahead of Djokovic and one ahead of
had a Federer over five hour match. Great, great job, Nadal, and just a fun match to watch. It was amazing. Thumbs up to Canada soccer team knocking off the U.S. two to nothing yesterday. They have not lost in World Cup qualifying. Currently top of the group. They haven't made the World Cup since 1986. So thumbs up to Canada uh, for really creating a very good soccer program. U.S. still in good shape to make the World Cup, but they got a little work to do. But Canada knocks off the U.S. yesterday. So thumbs up to our neighbors to the north and thumbs down to me. For doubting Matt Stafford on this show and other versions of this show over the years, I was a little bit of a critic of Mr. Stafford, uh, not thinking that he had what it takes, and I'll be the first one to admit I was wrong. He got put in a much better situation in Los Angeles, and certainly uh, they went all in this season with the additions of Beckham, uh, Von Miller, among others. And so thumbs down to me to doubt Matt Stafford and thumbs up. I'm giving a lot this week to Matt Stafford making his first Super Bowl. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. <laughs> I ain't going to give that much to Matt Stafford. <laughs> he tripped on him, man. He better win yes. in two weeks there or else, uh, you know. Well, uh, I'm going to give my thumbs up to um, basically uh, Michael Wilbon. Oh, Today, yes, I watched PTI. That's a, one of the talk shows that I will watch religiously because it makes sense. Because it's about two guys who are not scared to let their feelings be known and do it in a tasteful manner. Yep. <clears throat> he stood up to a lot of people and said, you know what, whatever Tom Brady do is all right with me. I'm not getting involved with the circus and putting them in the retirement mode. Now I'm getting rid of the circus and saying what he's going to do on his uh, particular if he decides to stay there. He's going to wait for time, and when that happens, that's when he can make his judgment. So hip, hip, hooray for Michael Wilbon in making that statement because he feels like a lot of us there. There's a dead issue until Tom Terrific get out there and makes his uh make his purpose known there. Uh, thumbs down. Ah, boy, it's very hard to kind of grip me here. But thumbs down to the, uh, I would say, uh, the Hall of Fame for baseball there. You know, the way they do things, I think right now it's very obsolete. I think you got a lot of square balls in there who make these votes. And don't put in the people who should be in there because there's other players who are more deserve, very deservedly who should have got in more than uh, OTs did there. So my thumbs down go to them. You know, look at the list. I'm not going to name them all, but look at the list of players who got 60% or maybe 65% or should have been in there because some stuffy little baseball writer you know, who digging his nose and, you know, and yeah. corn on the cob <laughs> in baseball games and, and sit up there and, and, and wreck the whole place to death. 
Sure. Butch Davis joining us on the game. You can find Butch on Sports Sunday and Wednesday nights on his website, Simply Butch 2. That's T O O dot Potomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook and on our podcast page, the Game Sports Show dot Podbean dot com. Butch, we got to go. Thanks for joining us on this Monday night. Stay safe while you get a lot of snow over the weekend, Metro Detroit. And we'll talk to you next Monday night right here for our next edition of the game. Other than cleaning off my car, I'm not shoveling nothing. a boy. Butch, we'll talk to you next Monday. All righty. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. I want to thank Butch Davis along with co-host David McKaig Jr. and our special guest, EJ Suggett senior guard from the Rudyard Bulldogs basketball team. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in a few minutes on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night's edition. We'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.